Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Previously on Chaotic Normal. The crew of Melora's Borealis, with the enchanted Ewer of the Ancient Ones in tow, finally landed on the Druidic Grove known as the Azure Stand. We make our way further into what we hope is the center and destination of our journey, but not without a few obstacles in our way. Where we left off, we found a ship somehow in the middle of this grove of mangrove trees, with a number of living skeletons aboard. Will we be able to deal with this undead menace, or will we be the ones joining the dead? Let us find out on Chaotic Normal, The Shattered Isles. Everyone except for Jules is surprised. Um, Jules, you're surprised, but you are, and you are mi- like you're mid in four ship with these uh, skeletons. Four ship. Uh, I actually can't be surprised. All right, Rubert, from below water, you uh, you feel the glow of your weapon of warning, uh, and look as the skeletons start forming themselves together. You are not surprised. Uh, are there any down here with me underwater? Yes, there are three. All right. I'm going to start fighting these three. Uh, are they all, like, next to each other? Uh, they're within, like, ten feet of each other. Okay. Uh, so I could be adjacent to two at a time. Basically, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get in between two, and then I'm going to attack one and use a slashing flourish... Uh, to deal extra damage to the one next to me as well. Uh, so yeah, I'll attack one, four. Uh, that's going to be 21 to hit. 21 to hit. You easily attack that skeleton. So that's going to be eight slashing damage and then five to both of them adjacent to me. Eight and five. All right. What kind of damage is that? What is that? Slashing. That's like it. Uh, what was the attack called again? The attack multiple. 
Uh, slashing flourish. Slashing flourish. All right, well, it cuts around, slashing into one, and then slides across to the others, damaging everyone beneath the water. And because you have a swim speed, you don't have disadvantage, right? Yep. That's dope. Um, you move deftly underwater, slashing across all of them. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was eight to the one I was attacking, and then five to all of them within five feet of me. Does swimming speed make it to where you don't have disadvantage underwater? Yes. Where's that written? Underwater combat, 5e. Um, all right, cool. So you slash down, moving gracefully, your body moving too gracefully underwater as you hack down into them. So sorry, it was eight and then five to the two you were adjacent to? Yes. Okay, so one of them's still at full and the other, or the one of them takes eight plus five. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. All right. So one of them dies, popping apart in broken bones while the other is sh- uh, slashed partially. Um, it's and then, then I'll uh, use my second attack against that one that I partially hit. Alright. Uh, that's a crit. Uh, four, four plus three, four, seven slashing damage. Seven slashing damage. Uh, you slash into it, almost breaking that skeleton apart, but not quite. Jules, up on deck, you were surprised by these skeletons. Or sorry, you weren't surprised due to your detect magic, but four skeletons begin forming around you on the deck. You look over the railing behind you, and about 30 feet below is the canoe where uh, Celeste is reading Darwin Nash's, uh, or she's over in the rope, or from the canoe, she's reading Darwin Nash's uh, fortune and telling him that- read fortunes. Sorry, she is predicting his future uh, and past with the Taroka deck. Uh, What do you do, Jules? I'm hoping they'll recognize me as a semi-undead brother. I ca- I just look inward and I cast Death Ward on myself. Nice. And do you have the uh, class feature for Warlock of the Undying that makes yeah. Tor Undead have to roll to attack you? Yep, Among the Dead. Among the Dead? All right. Uh, one of the... S- uh, yeah, it's like those skeletons' turns. One of them comes moving towards you. He looks at you quizzically, and what kind of save do they have to make? Uh, let's see if an undead targets you directly with an attack or harmful spell. That creature must make a wisdom saving throw. So he raises his sword as he comes towards you because he draws forth a scimitar, a pirate scimitar from among his wreckage. Or I guess a uh, rapier. Not rapier, what's the word I'm looking for? Cutlass, there we go. He draws it forth, looking at you as if to attack. Ah, uh, the skeleton got a 12. It ignores you. It ignores you, moving past you to the railing, where it looks down to the sight of uh, Celeste and uh, the others, and uh, jumps overboard, landing onto Celeste's boat. Uh, Celeste, it lands down next to you, rocking the boat uh, next to you. The skeleton, you hear part of its bones break as it takes a few points of falling damage, and it's landed next to you there. It had to dash to get that distance, though. Um, and it, Or I guess it didn't have to dash because it fell that far. Uh, and it brandishes the blade, swinging down into you for critical hit. The blade arcs, ac- arcs across you for uh, seven slashing damage. You're sitting there reading your Taroka when the whole boat rocks and a skeleton jumps down on top of you, slashing for seven damage. 
Uh, other skeletons move to join. Another one jumping past Jules, also landing down next to uh, next to Celeste on the uh, uh, canoe below. Celeste, ten to hit. That's a miss. And then another jumps past, trying to land onto the rowboat. This one also successfully lands on the rowboat, striking at Nash, who cries out, Ah! As it cuts into him. He goes, Guffaw! Ah! Uh, and then one skeleton run, another skeleton runs up towards Jules, studying Jules, and also fails, so also lunges overboard, trying to land on the rowboat. And this one fails, splashing down into the water. So the skeleton splashes down into the water, sinking into the murky depths. Meanwhile, uh, uh, meanwhile, Celeste, you are surprised by these skeletons who have just landed around you. And it's all uh, well, baby. Zelnern, you suddenly hear the clicking of bones about you. Uh, the light streaming in from the holes created by the. Uh, the trees who thrust up but you are also surprised and then very surprised as two skeletons rush up with uh, with cutlasses and start slashing into you for 15 to hit that was a mess and then 16 to hit mess they both clang hard against your shell Phil you were have just turned your head away from that uh, skeleton up in the tree with the crossbow uh, and are surprised as you see Jules suddenly attacked and assaulted by all these skeletons on midship who then jump overboard onto the uh, the boats with Darwin Nash. You're surprised by it. Rubert, down there at the skeletons in the aft, they descend on you, moving through the water, their blades moving heavy as they drag through with disadvantage here. One would have been a 20 to hit, but is instead a 4. The next stabs at you for, uh, instead of a 14, it's an 8. So the blades move slowly. You dodge by them without difficulty. Uh, you watch as another skeleton has plunged overboard, is sinking down, hits the bottom of the water, and starts crawling his way towards you to join in the next part of the fight. Uh, the one who missed up above. The skeleton in the tree sits itself up, grabs that heavy crossbow it was ratcheting up, aims it down at Jules, and there's a loud twang as it fires down at, sorry, at Phil, for 23 to hit, Phil. It's a hit. I don't have my shield equipped either. I have 16 AC right now. Uh, you take uh, 11 piercing damage. The bolt cuts by your shoulder, uh, and you see to your horror as you look up the skeleton ratcheting another crossbow bolt in. Darwin Nash, uh, frightened, disengages and moves to the back of the boat, shouting, Help! Rubert, what do you do? Down beneath the waves, one skeleton almost destroyed, two, one skeleton next to you, and another one moving towards you through the murk. Uh, I will use another slashing flourish to attack the one that uh, is uninjured next to me while also getting the other one in my, like, as I do, like a spinning slash underwater, sweeping my blade around. Uh, that's going to be uh, 18 to hit. Uh, 18 to hit's indeed a hit. Uh, so against the one that's undamaged, that's just going to be four slashing damage and then four slashing damage to everyone within five feet of me. Nice. You break another skeleton. You uh, significantly damage this skeleton that's just piled on top of you. Uh, and there's still one skeleton coming towards you. Do you want to attack him again? Yeah, I'm going to attack the one next to me again. 
And are those flourishes that use your bardic inspirations? Yes, they do. That's fucking dope. Uh, they also increase my movement speed by 10 feet. But, that's uh, so it's going to be 13 to hit against the skeleton. Next uh, direct hit. You cut through his pirate's leathers. And then that's going to be 8 slashing damage. And that skeleton shatters beneath the waves. Uh, from here, can I swim outside towards the ship? Uh, like towards the uh, two, like naughty the naughty dreams. dreams. Yes. Cool. What's your swim speed? Forty. But All right, with, yeah. With the easily... flourish, it adds an extra ten feet, so fifty swim. Yeah, feet. I mean, you were only ten feet below water to begin with, so uh, you swim up and break the surface next to the crew, where there, uh, there's two skeletons on the canoe and one skeleton on the rowboat. Okay, so from underneath the water, I'm going to use my bonus action to uh, summon a tentacle of the deep uh, next to Celeste. Oh my god. (laughs) As a tentacle, like an inky black tentacle emerges between the two ships and then that inky black tentacle is going to strike one of the skeletons next to uh, Celeste. Alright, the one who kind of fractured its femur when it uh, landed. Uh, The tentacle only gets a seven to hit that skeleton. It whacks against the wood and does not hit the skeleton. Cool, that's 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 spooky. Uh, Jules, what do you do? The skeletons all dodged you, but you look over the you look over the deck and you see that your friends are being attacked uh, right beneath you. uh, Celeste being uh, flanked on her canoe by two skeletons, um, and you're like basically right over him. And, and then a tentacle. Uh, a tentacle attacking Rubert or some water demon wearing his visage in the water <laughs> and Darwin Nash being chased around the robo or the naughty dreams by a skeleton. So what do it you looks, do? looks like uh, Celeste is covered even though she's being flanked and it seems like Darwin Nash maybe needs some help. So I'm going to cast uh, Toll the Dead on the one in Darwin Nash's boat. All right. What does that require of him again? 15 wood save. Well, I got a 13. A... 12. And is that one missing any hit points? No. No, nah, was that full? Okay, uh, that's <laughs> two damage. <laughs> uh, the skeleton is drawn back towards death as you pull forth the uh, sailor's devil upon it, undoing whatever deal that pirate made in life with the devil. Um, but the uh, thing holds strong. Are you finished, Jules? That's me. The midship skeletons, one chases Nash, swinging at him. Nash dodges underneath its blade. The two that are flanking Celeste cut at her rapidly for five to, sorry, for, uh, yeah, five to hit. And his dice rolled three, three times in a row and then gave me a critical. So another critical hit, Celeste. Okay. Uh, for two plus five, seven plus two, nine slashing damage as a blade cuts against you. Uh... And that was those skeletons. Celeste, you are shaken free of your reverie, bleeding from a few cuts where these creatures, undead, have slashed you. There's two skeletons on the canoe with you. What do you do? I'm going to jump to the other boat. All right, you'll take two attacks of opportunity unless you can disengage. Uh, No, because I want to cast Moonbeam. Okay, the skeletons slash at you. One for 12 to hit and one for 18 to hit. 18 is a hit. You take four points of slashing damage as you land across the rowboat shaking as you leave the canoe behind. In fact, the force of you jostling the other canoe 
causes one of the skeletons to topple to the ground. Uh, as you land on the rowboat, the Naughty Dreams is sturdy enough to hold. Uh, you're casting Moonbeam? Yeah, so I am standing on the other side of the rowboat, and I'm going to cast Moonbeam on the skeleton. I'm going to place it on the skeleton that's next to Nash. Hell yeah. Oh, like it's on the same boat as you? All right, so yeah. the Moonbeam comes coursing down, alighting itself on him. Moonbeam, moon prism power. All right, uh, the Moonbeam comes coursing down. What does that do to Skellington? So he has to take a con save. Uh, oh, or when it starts its turn there, okay. Which is about to happen. So it's when yeah. he starts his turn. So the radiant light sears down on the skeleton. It topples back, clearly burning in it. And then you finish Celeso's move and action. Um, I think as a bonus action, I can turn into starry form. That's true. So I'm going to turn into uh, the Healy one. Form of an ice. Form of a chalice. Form of a chalice. All right. Uh, Celeste time. goes chalice mode. But the stars, like, they were already shiny on my body, which was kind of cool because you're in a mangrove that's front that by druids. All right. Uh, Zelnern, what do you do? Below deck, you've come to your senses. Skeletons are rattling their uh, cutlasses down on your shell. There's a skeleton on either side of you. Oh, stop that. I'm trying to investigate here. And I rage. And then I attack the closest one with my uh, radiant infused uh, war axe. Great axe. What is that? Uh, didn't someone give me a radiant infusion? I have it on my thing here. Oh, is that yeah, dope? Phil did. That's yeah. dope. Phil gave that to him. That's dope. What does that do? Uh, and it just gives a plus one and deals uh, radiant damage, I believe. Is that right? Let's look it up. I think it shines light, too. Oh, oh, look, I did have light. I should take it out for that next time. <laughs> Let me look. I also think you can, when you hit something, you can make it make a save or be blinded as well. Yeah, sweet. All right, so you're hitting it? Yeah, uh, 17. I'm going for a weak bone. Plug that. 17, that easily hits. All right, so that is 15 damage. I don't see anything about the artist's artificer infusion doing any sort of blinding. 15 damage, you said? Yep. One hit, you just shatter the skeleton. It makes that noise in Skyrim the skeletons make when they I'll break. Around. Oh, my headphones just died. Um, I turn around and I go to the other skeleton. Join your friend in undeath. Um, for uh, 14 to hit. That's a hit. Nice. For minimum damage, but that's not too bad right now. Um, eight. The skeleton is wounded, but not destroyed. As you shatter one, you whip around, breaking into him. Do you have any bonus action attacks, or is that it? A bonus action to uh, rage. Get angry. Did you say you bonus action to get angry? Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, Zelnern. The skeleton below deck swings back at you, Zelner, and his blade cutting into you for 15 to hit, which I assume is a miss. It clangs off your hard shell. Uh, Phil. 
you uh you're you've just been shot by the skeleton in a tree you look over the deck and you see there's a bunch of skeletons down on your boats looking to clear everyone off of your boats and the skeleton in the tree is knocking back another crossbow bolt to attack you what do you do uh, I consider shooting my arcane firearm at my boat, but I don't want to catch it on fire, so I look to the skeleton in the tree, and I shoot it for 11 to hit. 11 to hit is not a hit, unfortunately. And I miss, and I end my turn. Your firebolt explodes out, but doesn't hit him. He looses his crossbow bolt down on you for 6 to hit. It thuds into the deck. Darwin Nash disengages from this skeleton and uh, or actually dodges kind of caught in the corner not wanting to get seared by moonlight uh and so he dodges to try and dodge it rubert what do you do uh so there's one skeleton fell off of the canoe there's one skeleton in the water beneath you uh, uh, there is one skeleton down below deck with uh, Zelnern. There's one skeleton in a tree high above you. There are two skeletons on the canoe right next to you, and there's one skeleton about to be seared by radiance on account of Celeste. All right. So, from the, uh, one of the ones on can- on the canoe, I'm going to use uh, uh, lightning lure to pull it off of the canoe into the water. Is that a cantrip or a spell? That's a cantrip. That's dope. All right, uh, what kind of attacks you got? It needs to make a DC 15 strength save. All right, Skellington, Skellington, plus zero. I rolled a two. You yank that skeleton. I don't want to say you yank it off, but you tug that skeleton off. Yeah, so it lands next to me. Much better. It takes uh, six lightning damage. Bazap! Uh, it lands in the water as the lightning zaps into it. You can make it vulnerable, but you're also going to get shocked. Do you want that? Yeah. All right. Uh, the lightning explodes into it. The skeleton breaks, but you also take the six damage since you were in the water next to it. Totally fair. It's, yeah, like, uh, yeah, that jellyfish tentacle uh, snaps out at it and pulls it towards me, and then I just like erupt in like lightning as my entire body like shudders and lightning is thrown off of me as we both take the damage. That's pretty uh, dope. And then with my bonus action, I'm going to make that tentacle attack the skeleton on the ship next to uh, Darwin. Uh, as the tentacle gets a 23 to hit. 23 to hit indeed a hit. And the skeleton's like toppling over the deck. As the tentacle does 5 cold damage. Chills into the skeleton, but does not destroy it. Uh, and that is my turn. Jules, what do you do? You're up aboard deck. You see there's one that's damaged on a canoe, one who's burning in radiant light conjured by Celeste, and then you see that there is another skeleton deep underwater, and then you see a skeleton in a tree above you. I'm going to give uh, another Toll of the Dead to the one next to Nash even though that one's about to get blasted by uh, Celeste's Radiant, so if you do nothing, it'll die? Uh, no, of course not. <laughs> I do right. the skeleton die. in the tree. <laughs> All right, you aim at the skeleton in the tree. Yep, and that one's undamaged, right? Yes. I only and do he... 11 damage then. All right, and he did fail, so you damage him. He blasts back, stumbles in the tree. He drops his crossbow to the ground. It thuds hard next to Phil. Celeste! What do you do? Or wait, what did those? 
Wasn't there another skeleton in front oh, of Oh, I, I deleted the skeleton whose turn it was to do midship. Uh, oh, he was no, supposed to go dead. right there. All right, uh, that skeleton starts his turn burning in your moonbeam. So he has to make a con save. I got a four. So you get to he deal failed. two d10 radiant Take damage to that skeleton. Three d10, because I did it at a higher level. That's dope. Nine. You blast that skeleton apart. Thanks to uh, Jules' original damage that he dealt to it, the radiance is enough that it shatters that skeleton. It breaks apart as death and light obliterate this undead creature. Uh, and the moonlight shines down. I hope it doesn't damage objects. Nope, it's creatures. Uh, the moonlight shines down, illuminating the naughty dreams and all of the naughty dreams it's ever had. Um... <laughs> So, Celeste, that was on the skeleton's turn. It's your turn now. What do you do? I am going to move the moonbeam to the other skeleton by me, and then I'm going to cast Healing Word on myself. So the moonbeam slides over, illuminating the skeleton on the canoe, and then you conjure forth a healing uh, light and uh, empower yourself. Yeah, and with that comes the chalice's healing, too, that I'm casting on myself. Dope. so low i got 10 that's solid all right so you restore a significant amount of health uh proving to yourself you won't die here uh zelnern below deck you have a battered broken skeleton with you and you hear battle raging outside what do you do smash for a 21 to hit Oh, you shatter that skeleton. It had only had five HP left, which I think is below your minimum right now. <laughs> yes. Uh, so you nice. shatter it. And I yeah. uh, try to get to the next one if I can reach one. Yeah, you realize the battle is going on up above deck. So you run up on deck, and you see that there is a skeleton in a tree about 20 feet above you. There is a skeleton about to be blasted away in radiant light on the canoe below you. And then there's a skeleton 10 feet underwater that you probably can't hit. If you have a throwing weapon, you could hit that one in the tree. Yeah, I'm going to throw a javelin at the one in the tree because it confuses me. All right, you hurl it at the tree because you wonder how did a skeleton get in the tree? That's an important question. For um, nine damage, I got a 26 to hit. You shatter that skeleton. The skeleton in the tree disappears, leaving only the skeleton in the midship who's about to get blasted away and then the skeleton deep underwater. In fact, the skeleton... Or actually, Phil, it's your turn. There's a skeleton about to get blasted away, but you look down and you see that skeleton underwater. He hasn't been chasing up. In fact, he uh, you see the skeleton emerge from the hole carrying a chest. In, uh, he's emerged from the back hole carrying a chest and the skeleton clearly looks like it's trying to flee the ship underwater, dragging this chest away. What do you do, Phil? Uh, don my shield. I yell, he's got booty, and I move towards the skeleton with the chest. So he's under, he's underwater, like beneath the boat, about 10 feet beneath yeah, the boat. So what kind I of movement do you do? I my shield in my hand. All right, so you plunge I, I, down. I don my shield, I run. And I'm paddling with my hands, and I have a shield in one hand, and I have my arcane fire in my other hand. While I'm All right, that seems And I difficult. yell, he's got booty as I jump in the water. All right, you yeah, plunge into the water, chasing after him. You're keeping pace with the skeleton as you draw him forward. Uh, the skeleton tries to flee, but you're keeping pace with him as you go. 
Darwin uh, hunkers down, grabbing at his notes to make sure they're not bloodstained. Rubert, there's a skeleton about to get obliterated midship. You see Phil chasing off after a skeleton with booty. They're about 50 feet away from you. What do you do? I'm going to swim the 40 feet, and then I'm going to lightning lure it. Ooh, and that'll pull it up towards Phil. Uh, all right, so you yank it in the water. Yeah, DC 15. Yeah, dude, yanking that water off. Uh, DC 15 strength. Skeleton got a 19. He pulls himself underwater hard and resolute. It's like the weight of the chest holds him down. Like you pull the skeleton, but the chest is too heavy, so it just kind of like that acts as a a grounding rod, basically, and it doesn't shock him, and he keeps going. Uh, and then with my bonus action, I'm going to move the tentacle 30 feet next to me. All right, so the tentacle comes chasing off next to you. And are you finished? Yeah, as the tentacle, like, slurps into the surface of the water, and then, like, an inky black, like, shadow travels across the water next to me. And then, like, the inverse of the tentacle rising above the water comes below the surface of the water, and it's just, like, dangling below the surface. All right, uh, that's an awful word to use. Shirt slurps. I hate that. Slurps. Yeah. Um, all right, so Jules, what do you do? There's a skeleton about to get seared with radiance, but there's one trying to flee underwater with a treasure chest. Uh, gotta save the booty, obviously. Let's get the one with the treasure chest. Told a dude. All right, you drag it to the doom. It gets a seven. Uh, twenty damage. Roll twenty damage. Uh, the skeleton collapses, withering as there's some clear sign that its deal, its debt to the uh, sailor's devil is paid, its deal with him stricken. And as you break that link, keeping this pirate from the depths, uh, his soul is broken and freed. Uh, the bones drop to the ground, the chest sinking and uh, suckering there. Uh Celeste, you watch as the skeleton now searing under the radiant starlight that you've conjured for where it is dying. He gets a three. Go ahead and make a uh, roll your 3d10. 21 damage. Fuck. Yeah, you explode the shit out of that skeleton, uh, destroying the last of them. The last of the skeletons is destroyed, and you all take a moment of breather, looking around to make sure there's no more skeletons pulling up, but shattered, broken bones are scattered about. Can I still cast uh, Healing Word on myself? Yeah, you still have those uh, benefits of your uh, chalice. Cool. Got 15. Okay, so you're probably... Wait, back. is Nash still... Did Nash get injured? Nash did get injured. He took five damage. Okay, I'll give five to him, and I'll take the other ten. All right, that puts you both at full. Look at that. Uh, so you have a uh, treasure chest sunk down in the uh, sand beneath the boat, about 10 feet underwater. How do you I'll, get that out? I will go grab it. Oh, sure, you uh, can just hold your breath. Don't worry, I got it. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'll swim down with my swim speed and water breathing. Zelnern also has hold breath. I'm struggling underwater. Zelnern! Uh, help! It feels like sinking by his shield. Well, I have, I have actually, my no, shield yeah. and my weapon in one hand, and I'm obviously struggling with my peg leg. Actually, Zelnern. You're busy with the chest, and I'm like, Whoa. Actually, Zelnern, you get the chest, I'll get filled. Oh, fuck. Hey, 
at first you assumed that like oh the the shield will act as like a surf or like a kickboard, but then it just started sinking and dragging you down. <laughs> uh, all right, so Phil Rubera, you rescue Phil Zelnern. You step down into the water, hoisting up the chest, and you bring it back up on the deck. You find a relatively level spot that you can set it to where it won't just slide back down into the water. Um, and you all kind of gather around to see what treasures these pirates had. Uh, the lock is long since rusted off, um, so it's easy to open. Fortunately, it does seem like they managed to keep the... It, it seems like they managed to keep the... Like, in contents inside from being water damaged clearly these pirates uh, these pirate skeletons had enough sense left in them that they were still obsessed with keeping their booty clean and their booty worth something inside you find a black velvet mask stitched with silver thread uh, it's the like used in grand in grand Agdian masquerades uh, while you know it could probably fetch 25 gold pieces and while there's not much use for uh, for Ashdian uh, masquerade masks here in the Shattered Isles. If you ever find yourself needing to sneak into a noble uh, masquerade, you've now got a mask for it. I know about these. The people at the Swingers Guild pay top dollar for them. <laughs> Why is it a guild? Uh, that was that pineapple tattoo that Jules was talking about a while ago, right? Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, huge <laughs> on the mainland. I didn't know there was a clan out here. You find two uh, sets of vestments, like robes and or like uh, like shawls and stuff, that are made of cloth of gold. It's clearly meant to be worn by a clergyman of some landlubber god with a big star blazing on it. There's some disagreement among you about which landlubber god this is for. No one here follows the Hest of or the shining or the bright city of Hestivar and its Church of Hestivarianism. That's lame. That's some farmer god, Palor, which is, as my notes say, BORING in all caps. <laughs> I thought um, I was one that right. You, yeah, you, you do, I guess, because you actually weren't from the sea. But the sea folk here look at it and see this landlubber farmer god that's just kind of soft and sad. Um, but you figure these robes could, to the right person, each fetch 25 gold pieces. Um, you also find a silver ewer similar to the pewter ewer pewter ewer wow i hate that series of words uh the pewter ewer that uh you found from the temple although this one is made of silver and clearly of new non-significant make also worth 25 gold pieces and you find a set of uh zilcomnis golden bracelets that are basically large bracelets that run up the length of your arm um and it's worth 25 gold pieces for this set so, all told, you found one, two, three, four, five items, each worth a hundred, or sorry, each worth twenty-five gold pieces. So you could probably pretty reliably find someone to buy those back in Port Providence for a total of one hundred twenty-five gold pieces. Um, however, there are things of more, they're of less clear value. You find an amulet of woven patterns and like, or of woven like beadwork patterns, that's of old Zilcomnis design. 
This amulet bears many intricate warding glyphs of the Monmaji witch doctors. It is beautifully ornamented with the teeth of the terrible thunder lizard birds that live in the Ancienne Chapelle. Any attuned, or you can tell first from looking at the wards and symbols on it, that anyone attuned to it is guarded from divination and hidden from the perception of others. But like all Monmaji witch doctor charms, the charm works too well. Uh, and the jewels quickly hones in on these. Having detect magic on allows them to quickly notice that this was a magic item. The charm also dampens your own senses. Anyone wearing this amulet, or the Zilcomnus amulet of proof against detection and location, has disadvantage on perception checks while wearing it. So it makes you immune to or undetectable by divination magic, but it also makes it to where you're bad at noticing shit because you too are uh, distra- or are having your senses hidden. Interesting. Hmm. Hidden from divination magic. Does that mean divining spells can't target you? It technically explicitly states you can't be targeted by such magic or perceived through magical scrying sensors. You can't a person can't gain the benefit of uh, any spell from divination if they have this item on. That's interesting. So does that mean like Celeste's cards wouldn't have any effect on them? Yeah. Does that mean you're also like hidden from gods? Anybody who relies on like divination My- school spells, yeah. My cards tell the truth. You can't hide from the truth. Yeah, that thing's worthless. Pass it over here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to throw this in the ocean with other valueless things. Um, So, like, uh, what's the spell? Like, uh, not augury, but um, guidance. You can't use guidance on someone with uh, amulet of proof against detection and location. Because it just says... could I not heal them either? Because that's... Or is that a separate type of spell? No, because your healing technically is restoration still. Or is it night restoration? That's not a skill type. What is that spell? Enchantment? I think it's conjuration. Regardless, it's only things with the school type divination. Uh, so it's also clearly not a wear all the time, but wear when you feel you specifically need to wear it. One such example is the uh, divination magic allowing a kraken to trail your captain. Uh, although at this point, your captain seems to have given in to the deep, so uh, maybe uh, you don't need this. Yeah, I need the Um, eyes of the deep on me for my new cool magic. um, So you found Amulet of Proof against Detection and Location. And then finally is an item that I actually don't understand how fits in this chest, but uh, say you found it nearby. Uh, It was on the skeleton who fell in the water. You pulled it up. Uh, You find what you soon identify as a a deadsman's axe, like a headsman but a deadsman's axe. Uh, this deadsman's axe has a hilt crafted of the great bone off of some leviathan from beneath the wa- uh, the waves. It is a great axe, and its blade is a disturbing black steel. It is icy cold to the touch. This deadsman's axe, or a headsman's axe like this, uh, you know, are kept aboard ships that sail in the drowned fleet, and they are meant to behead those who betray the sailor's devil. It's said that the heads of uh, those, or that anyone executed by this is cut off from the uh, 
Sailor's Devil, and their heads are cast down into the deep to suffer whatever fate the Eldritch Gods have for a disembodied, undead head that can never be killed and is forced to sit there in the crushing depths of Eldritch awfulness forever. The blade is an extension of the Sailor's Sailor's Devil's will, and it pains any user to wield it against his servant. So this is a uh, vicious weapon, a vicious great axe. Uh, however, it sends non-mechanical ouchies into you if you use it on undead. But it is a vicious great axe, which means... What does vicious mean again? Oh god. A vicious weapon is one that is vicious. I think it makes where you deal an extra amount of damage on a crit. Yeah, uh, when you roll a 20 on your attack roll with a vicious weapon, you deal an additional 2d6 damage of the weapon's type. So it's a great axe that deals plus 2d6 on a crit. Uh, Zilnern, I think I have a new axe for you. Yeah, that sounds really good. It's it's a little messed up, though. Is is it okay to use? Absolutely. This is... This'll fit in great. I I cut them. Can I add my radiance to that? Yeah. Okay. How unless that yeah, specifically says wait, unless that specifically says you can't do that to magic weapons? Yeah, you can't infuse magic weapons. Ah. So, so. you lose plus one by wielding it, but you uh, gain plus two D six on crits, which is dope too. We can just kinda switch it back and forth when you gotta swing this swing the axe, you know? That would mean a crit with your weapon is 5d6 if you're raging, right? Barbarians have a bonus to crit, don't they? Or is that I, not yet. I, I don't know if I have that yet. It, yeah, I well, mean, could be useful eventually, but I think I still get more damage right now. But isn't coolness more valuable than more damage? Um, Zelnern actually likes his damage uh, steady, not like erratic like that. That's well, fair. Zelnern, let me know when you're ready, because we could I could enchant something else for someone else whenever you want to switch, but I like that Radiance one, too. It's bright in water. Alright, does anyone take the Amulet of Proof against, uh, the Zilkomnus Amulet of Proof against Detection, Location, and your own Perception? Phil was serious when he's like, that's worthless, give it here. Does like anyone he fight? actually wants no. it, or...? Yeah, me as a character, I want it. The, the background is Phil has... Phil thinks he has people tracking him that he doesn't want to be able to track him. <laughs> Perfect. Does this also mean that the Kraken will no longer track us because he's wearing it? Only if it's uh, Rubert wearing it. That's who's marked. Dang. Alright, uh, so you have uh, looted the abandoned uh, pirate ship. Uh, it's not abandoned. Haha, I got you guys. Um, and are free to continue moving on. Um, so it's about halfway through the day as you've been navi- making great time navigating through the uh, the Azure Stand. You're delving deeper and deeper now that you've realized that uh, jewels can simply work the uh, you know simply work the uh, detect magic and follow where the water flows. And it's making sure there's no risk of getting lost, so any uh, time wasted that way is making sure you're easily able to find yourselves. 
So guided easily by the detected magic of Jules, as Jules reaches out and sees the ley lines of primal magic coursing through the water and following that raw elemental primal might that seems to be coming from this crystal lake or this crystal pool at the heart of the Azure Stand. You move your way towards it, rowing and pulling along. Your pack's now laden with a bit of loot, something to show to the uh, to the crew as a little note of, look, we do find loot sometimes. And as you pull your way through the water, you still find that it is lush and filled with life, even this deep in. You pass over a crocodile snug in the water, you later see a school of fish moving about, several snakes slithering through it, and even the trees around you, you see signs of life. You never quite see the land octopus that uh, Darwin Nash referenced, but you do see several of the giant tree crabs, which you've actually encountered before in your uh, first uh, foray onto an island. Um, you see where you hear the chirping of countless birds living amongst the trees and you realize just how lush this ecosystem is but as you move through such bountiful life you soon find a sign of death and worse than the undeath you just found you find yourself rowing into a copse of mangroves with corpses grown into them a corpse copse if you will you see that each of these trees has wrapped and tangled in its roots, bones and bodies still garbed in their chainmail with withered skin still on them, not nearly as old and bleached as the skeletons you just fought, but old bodies nonetheless, wrapped in imperial chainmail with tattered bits of, of tabards, you see them snarled and almost and likely drowned as they're trapped in what looks like prisons of roots. Scraps of mail are scattered about, rusted steel in the water. As you row over these, uh, or by these bodies, this copse full of corpses in the trees, you, re you count 10, maybe 15 bodies melded into these trees join and pulled in as if the tree itself is feeding on them and though it doesn't you don't quite see any sort of root delving into them you can't help but remember the last time you sought out a tree offering a panacea the vampire tree beneath the sunless citadel but soon your path is blocked the river flows by you uh, the waterway coursing through the trail of arcane magic or of primal magic flowing through the water beneath you clear as day for jewels to see with their detected magic's ritual still about them but the path is blocked for you by a great mangrove who's grown across the water pushing through it and uh, joining up with the other side effectively creating a barrier sorry great mangrove is a bit of a stretch it's a thicket of smaller mangroves who have grown up in front of you the naughty dreams cannot pass deeper in through this water the canoe can't pass deeper in along this stream and yet looking at it the other side of this thicket of mangroves is absolutely where you need to go 
and as you look at it, you're faced with an option. With uh, axes and machetes, you could chop through this thicket ten minutes and uh, be on your way with the boat. Or you'd have to abandon the naughty dreams and continue the rest of this journey on foot. That is, unless you think you're strong enough to haul this 15-foot-long, 10-foot-wide boat out of the water and portage it across the uh, ground and down into the water on the other side of this thicket of uh, trees and young mangroves. Doing so would pose quite a risk, though, because failing to carry it might result in dropping it and thus breaking the naughty dreams, making uh, further use of it quite difficult. What do you do? Do you hack through? Do you abandon it? Or do you try? Do you risk the naughty dreams by carrying it? I don't think we should hack these trees. This place is... sacred, I guess is the first word that comes to mind. I don't think we should carry the naughty dreams. This boat is sacred. The first thing that comes to mind. Okay. <laughs> What's the barrier exactly? Like, I wonder if I could use shape water in some creative way. It least... is trees. Yeah, okay. And, like, thick vegetation. That would be a problem. Celeste, what do you think? I think the cosmic omens are on our side, so we should tie up the boats and hope for the best and let magic continue to guide us and the stars I would agree um, I don't know about tying them up I think anchoring them here in the water but I don't trust the shore either so I think anchoring them and then finding our way to the shore and continuing on foot but Seeing how this grove treats other ships, I don't trust tying our boat to the trees. Fair. I agree. Any objections? Not, not for me. So it sounds like the goal is to uh, anchor them here in the water, cross over on land, and then follow the water on foot. Meaning you'll have to be doing off and on swimming and walking for the rest of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think that's the plan. We don't want to destroy the ship and we don't want to destroy the grove. Yeesh. All right. You, uh... Seems like the worst option, but here we go. <laughs> Alright, you choose to, uh, uh, you ignore, or you anchor down the Naughty Dreams and the canoe. Uh, Darwin Nash sort of complains a bit and says, This might be a terrible idea. What if we can't find our way back from the bo- to the boats? What do you suggest then, Nash? I suggest we hack our way through that plant. Perhaps it will agitate the forest a little, and he looks at one of the corpses, like, joined into the uh, tree's roots. But perhaps a little agitation might be necessary. 
How do you know that it wasn't the hacking that caused all of... And I, like, point around. I'm like, this. I suppose you're right. We don't. He steps out of the boat and onto the uh, gnarled roots, kind of tripping as he does. There's no clear land to walk on, so you're kind of scrambling along roots and for the most part going to have to, like, swim and pull your way along through this, the rest of this mangrove forest. Hey, really quick. Jules, can you still see, you know, magic things? How much time has passed? You have a few minutes left on it still. Uh, yeah. Okay. What do I see? Yeah, just, all right, so hear me out. What if we took, you know, have you ever, um, uh, heard the story of, (laughs) add a character, what's, uh, Shattered Isles version of Hansel and Gretel? Gretel, Grantzel and Hedel. (laughs) Jules, have you ever heard the, the story of Grantzel and Hedel? You know, what if we... We took Zelnurin's like nice treats. Aren't those like magically infused? And we sprinkle breadcrumbs so we know our way back to the boat. Can you see them here? Look at it. Can you see it? The uh, treats. They are not magic. They're just really high quality. They're uh, they're oh, they are magically delicious, but they're not actually magical. Uh, Damn. Sort of like I'll a shut the fuck up now. Lucky charm situation. <laughs> Although I like the way your brain's thinking. I mean, we could leave, like, ropes, couldn't we, if we wanted, to follow the similar idea? Assuming that the path is only 500 yards away, right? Or 500 feet away, right? That's probably the most amount of length of rope you got. We could leave, like, other stuff. All right, Celeste, hear me out. What if I just, like, make a notch in each tree that I walk by? (laughs) Bruh, it's your funeral. Could we... Well... You can try, but I'm not gonna... I think Phil would be superstitious. Am I seeing yeah, right, anything right, right. in the trees that looks like different than the other? Like, what do I am seeing? What am I seeing? You're in a copse of trees uh, with water flowing through it. There's bodies stuck in it. Nothing is magical, save for the fact that everything here is magical. Okay. And the uh, stream has that flowing thick vein of magic through it. I have a question. Yes. Um. So my uncle is the caretaker of Obed High, um, which is also mangroves. So is there any way I could, like, look back into my memories to see if my family told stories about his, like, caretaking of the mangroves to see, like, what could we do so that way we could follow our steps back or, like, have some kind of, like, guess? I can make make a religion check. Oh, I only got nine. Uh, You don't have any recollection of specific tales about how to get out of the mangrove, mostly because Obed High is a relatively small mangrove, and it's pretty hard to get lost in. Um, But the best uh, you're able to think is... Basically, your solution you've been using of jewels can auto-succeed you through them all won't work on the way back, is what you're realizing. (laughs) Oh, shit. Because you could follow this magic stream, and eventually following the magic stream will get you out, but it won't necessarily get you back to the Naughty Dreams. So you, if you abandon the Naughty Dreams here to get back to the Naughty Dreams, you'll have to use actual skill checks to find your way back. And failure might result in you get out, 
but you didn't find the naughty dreams. So, choosing to leave the naughty dreams here is a legitimate risk. You could lose the boat. So, can we try to lift it? Have we, have we tried to pick it up, just to, like, see how hard it is? So, it's certainly, like, getting the angle is super fucky, and you, there's not ground that you can really stand on. So, it is doable. Um, it's going to be very hard, though. But still doesn't want to take the naughty dreams out of the water. So, basically, if you want to haul it out of the water and move it over, because it's a pretty large, like, boat... Uh, it is going to be a DC... Where did I write it? I have my numbers. Where are my numbers? Here we are. Uh, it is going to require a DC 20 strength check to haul it. Failing, though, will result in dropping the naughty dreams and damaging it. Mm. Yeah, it's probably not worth the risk. There's, there's, no, there's no fucking point. Why do we take the boat out of the water? What if we have to leave? How about we leave... And we're leaving, we're leaving well, the, before dark. The, it's not going to no. be an issue. The thought of taking it out is to get it to the other side of the water so you can use it still. But yeah. Well, what if we leave rope as far as we can, leave something else as far as we can, and then we like locate object on our way back? Mm-hmm. Do you have that? Yeah, and that's like up to a thousand feet. Mm-hmm. Could we just locate oh. object on the boat? If we're, I'm just thinking if it's farther than a thousand feet, we You're won't con- be able yeah. to. You have traveled more than a thousand feet already, mm-hmm. but yeah. otherwise it will work. Yeah, I think that's a good plan. <clears throat> All right, do you follow that plan? Yep. Yeah, we anchor the boat. <sighs> Go around. We'll we'll find the naughty dreams again, Phil. I promise. Everyone, just remember the elementist is zenith of us right now so we'll just follow it back okay mm-hmm. you don't need to promise me i'm gonna find the boat we're gonna find the fucking boat i'm just annoyed we don't just chop this shit down it's hey, a waste of our time it's we're burning daylight by doing this we but i agree yeah oh, i'm sorry i didn't mean to speak over you let's go all right, grumbling and disagreeing uh no crystal uh tree in pocket a bit risking the boat uh, you trudge your way out of it and splash down on the other side of uh, new growth mangroves, uh, stumbling down into the water. To your good luck, on this side of the uh, buff of trees and or like, of, like fresh growth, like uh, shrubs, basically, uh, the water is only like five feet deep. So as long as no one here is a dwarf or shorter, uh, you are able to stand in the water, albeit it's salty and it's soaking into your arms and armor, and it's a pretty miserable experience. Uh, but it is warm water, and it actually is like refreshing to the taste, um, despite being salt water. But as you splash down into that water, you feel curiously vulnerable now. Darwin Nash has his notes sealed up in like a oil bag or an oil cloth bag that's waterproof. Um, and grumbles about how he's not going to be able to record any of this, but you look out into the mangrove in front of you that you're about to start wading your way through. Uh, You start wading your way into that mangrove, looking out to it and feeling vulnerable. You recall all of the, like, alligators you've seen. You recall talk of quippers, and you realize without the boats, you now feel quite vulnerable as you pass into the oldest growth pieces of the Azure Stand. 
chaotic normies what's up and welcome to the spooky season it's officially spooktober uh hey everyone thanks so much for listening be sure to rate and review on apple podcasts or wherever podcasts are sold uh no new announcement this week but just wanted to check in see how all are you are doing sure to uh send any questions concerns comments and your favorite uh jack-o'-lantern carvings to chaotic normal pod at gmail.com or any halloween costumes just see those photos dress up as your favorite chaotic normal character and have no one understand the reference yeah that's it nothing new uh doing good doing okay doing great and uh yeah i'll see you at the movies mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.